Welcome to the TikTok Podcast. The clock is always ticking, so let's synchronize our watches and dive in. I'm your host, Callie Brigham, and I'm here to help you make time for what matters. Hey, friends, welcome back. It is Friday. It's a favorite Friday, and I'm just going to keep going. It is a fan Friday, a friend Friday. I mean, there's so much packed into this special episode today. So we we like to think of our Friday episodes as our bonus episodes. I don't know. Maybe it was because when I originally started, I didn't know how many episodes a week I was going to launch out. So I thought, well, just in case I run out of friends or experts, I'll just call it a bonus. But I tell you what, today is no exception that by bonus, I mean added value. I mean added wisdom for me personally added layers to friendships and so today's today's pretty special because when i started the podcast 30 plus episodes ago i had no idea who was going to listen i knew that my mom was going to listen i knew that uh maybe a few friends were going to listen i knew maybe a few random people would search and find it but i had no idea that a friend like reagan who we've known each other for decades, probably our moms have known each other for so long that a friend like Reagan, who I respect so much in the industry and who she is as a woman, that she would start listening to this podcast. And through our TikTok tribe, Facebook, where we just kind of share takeaways and build community there, I noticed that Reagan was a frequent commenter. And Reagan would say, oh, I like this episode or this stood out for me or this is how I'm utilizing this. And before long, I thought, I think Reagan needs to be our very first fan favorite Friday bonus episode. And I did. And I reached out and I said, Reagan House, would you do me the honor of being a guest on our episode? So would everyone please give a warm TikTok welcome? to the beautiful Reagan house. Hi, Reagan. Hi. Oh my gosh. Well, fan favorite is perfect because I am a huge, huge fan and I have listened to every episode and just have been cheering you on. It's been incredible to listen and to watch. Oh, thank you. Well, you get all the gold stars, my friend, all the appreciation. Seriously. I'm like, okay, it's you and my mom. And, uh, you know, and me. And so we've got three of us listening for sure every week. No, we've grown from there. But Reagan, we're going to have a really special conversation today. We had a pre-conversation before we hit record. And if that's any indication, this is going to be gold. I do have my notebook out. I am ready to go. But I want to give a quick introduction about you before I just let it let you let it fly. Like, let's go, girl. Let's talk about all the things. But when I asked about a little brief bio, I'm just going to read it off because I thought it was so beautiful. Aww. Reagan House, you are, you are a follower of Jesus who loves God and loves people. You are, Reagan, a wife, a boy mom, shout out to the boy moms, an entrepreneur for 27 years, a business coach for over 20 years. And we're going to get into a fun thing about your and era as well. Yes. Should we just, can we tell them now? About sure. We can. This month? It makes me nervous. Yes, we can. Absolutely. Okay. Tell them, tell them. <laughs> and as soon to be podcasters. So <laughs> I'm so excited. Yes. 
Welcome. Welcome to the wonderful world of podcasting, Reagan. And I know we'll put in the show notes and you can connect with Reagan. Tell everybody the name of your podcast and what your mission is there. And then I'll make sure that they know where to find you. Absolutely. So the podcast is going to be called This Blessed House, which I love. And it's all about ways to find the blessing and be the blessing in every circumstance in life, the good and the bad. And we're about to launch the first season this month. I do not know the exact date. I would, I would, I, I should, but I don't yet. But um, the first season is going to be about living in your vision and not your circumstances. And so I'm really, really excited about what God has been teaching me and calling me to share with people. Well, we can't wait to listen. And I promise you that not only right now, currently, as you're listening in the show notes, we'll tell you how to connect with Reagan. But in our TikTok Tribe Facebook community, which you can also find in the show notes, the day that you're launching, girl, we're all going to be behind you. So we're ready with our five-star reviews. Like you've got us. That's what collaboration is all about. We're going to light your candle with our candle. You've got, you've got us. You got us. Wow. That means so So, much. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So Reagan, not only are you a brand new podcaster? We're excited about that. But the other things that I mentioned have to do a lot with who you are, how you behave, how you look at things. And so I want you to just kind of dive in and tell us a little bit about, especially a word that you shared with me that I thought was so relevant and can sort of feel elusive. And that word is rhythm. Mm -hmm. And I know that we hear it, it's almost become something that we goes in one ear, goes out that like rhythm, that sounds good. But I know you're going to take us on a journey today with what that actually means and even some practical things so that we can really develop a rhythm in this season. So let's hear it, girl. What you got? got? Wonderful. I'm so excited. Well, I really am passionate about personally discovering what it looks like and helping other people to discover what it looks like to live in your vision and not your circumstances. And so a piece of that that we're going to talk about today is um, the goal of creating rhythms in your life that really do support your priorities. And the reason that I started calling it rhythms, and it has become more popular, I, st- I've st- I hear it a lot more, but I started really figuring this out for myself, gosh, a decade or two ago. And the reason that I started to approach it as a rhythm was because it wasn't so much about, you know, being disciplined or having what other people considered consistency, Um, really being open to discovering my own unique pace and personality. When we think about dancing, I grew up a dancer and, you know, there are so many different ways that we dance. We can salsa, we can do the polka, the cha-cha, the meringue, you know, like there's waltzing. And so, one person, one person's natural rhythm can be fast and upbeat and all over the place and really excited. Whereas another person's rhythm might might be look more like a slow waltz, you know, something that's graceful and flowing. And they're both wonderful. They're equally wonderful. And so I think giving ourselves permission to discover our unique rhythm uh, is a big step. And also understanding that that rhythm can change in different seasons, too. So just being open to the fact that I might have a season of life where 
it is very fast paced and I am doing all kinds of back step forward step and turns and all of those things. Um, and then there are seasons where maybe I can catch my breath and I can slow down or maybe I really need to slow down and that's okay too. And when we're dancing, we're not just moving forward. We're moving backward. We're moving sideways. We're even spinning. It's a beautiful thing. If we were just going directly one step in front of the other, that's just marching. And so taking God as my leader, following his lead um, and letting him dance me around is a really wonderful thing when you can embrace that and allow God to do that in your life. I love word pictures. I love things, you know, this is going to stay with me, Reagan. And on a personal note, I just have to say my son, who's 15, boy, mom, he's 15 years old, much to his chagrin, this last quarter in PE was all about ballroom dance. Okay. He goes to a classical school. So it's a little, you know, a little different, but, um, he took dance and so did everybody. And he came home one day, Reagan, and he's, I said, well, what are you enjoying the most like making him at least pick something right right he said, he said the waltz and so I was like well show me so in our living room he's holding my arms holding my hands and we're waltzing around the living room and first of all I'm now looking up at him right because seasons are different it used to be I mean I'm cradling him now I'm looking up at him also thinking no woman will ever love you the way that I love you <laughs> like all the feelings you know which is fine they shouldn't love him the way I love him it's okay but one other fun thing Reagan as a dancer you'll appreciate I told Brayden I said you know three four time doesn't just have to be classical music like let's find something else did you know that the beginning of Bohemian Rhapsody you can waltz to <laughs> yes I love it so we were also waltzing to Bohemian Rhapsody. But anyways, I digress. I love that picture of the dance. There's movement in the dance. It's not always forward movement, but there's still movement and there's purpose in it and a beauty in it. Okay, so keep going. This is a really powerful thought. I'm with you. I'm tracking with you. I love that. Oh, wonderful. So... So here are some things that you might consider when finding your rhythm. Uh, I just jotted a few things down as I was thinking about what to share. And the first thing really is, what is the vision God has given you for your life? What is my vision that God has shared with me about the overall, not, not everything that necessarily exactly what I'm going to do or the job I'm going to have or where I'm going to live, but who God called me to be and the way that he created you. And what are my priorities? That's another question is, are you, are, you know, am I really clear about what my priorities are? What are my commitments? Because that has changed seasonally too. You know, what, what do I have control over? What do I not have control over? So um, some, and <laughs> you know, the last few years have definitely taught me that I don't have nearly as much control over the things that I kind of assumed that I did. So when I no longer had control to send my kids to school, I no longer had a housekeeper because everybody was, you know, in isolation and all of these things that I was pretty, I mean, I was on top of it and I was very proud of myself or all of these things that I had in place. And then I realized that really that's, that's just humbling. The Lord just, you know, reminded me that every single thing that I have, my time, treasure and my talent are all a gift from him. 
and I can trust him with them and I can release some of that control. Uh, but there are some things that I have in my control and some things that I don't. So, for example, if you have a specific job somewhere that you're expected to work a certain number of hours, my kids need to be at school at a certain time. I have control over, you know, maybe where they go to school or if we homeschool or things like that. But the commitment that I've made is that they attend our local school. They're supposed to be there at a certain time. They come home at a certain time. If they're in sports, we're committed to the team. So, you know, there are commitments that I don't control in my schedule. So being aware of that um, and then also being aware of when are my best times for rest, for focus for action, for people, people time. You know, if you're, and I know you've talked about this before, Kelly, of if I'm a morning person or a nighttime person, um, what do I want the rhythm of my week to look like? Are there certain days of the week where it's just better for me to rest? And then those days of the week where I just notice naturally my natural rhythm that I have two or three days a week where I'm really in the mood to like talk to people and be with people. And then there might be a day or two of the week where I find that I'm just not. So I'm gonna talk a little bit about that later. Um, another question to ask yourself is what's working? Giving yourself that like chance to really celebrate and see like these are the things that's, that are working. We have made Sabbath a priority in our family and that is working. We have dinner, you know, every night of the week unless you know, and then there are nights that we don't, that we can't because of our schedules, but it's working. What we're doing is working. But, and then what are the things that are not working? And of course, I love it when you talk about like the bugs me list, what are the things that are just not working? And so that's what we're going to talk a little bit more about is notice when you feel out of rhythm and take the time to figure out where, what is it? What's, what's causing frustration in the different areas of my life? Um, what's just not working? What's creating tension in our home? What's, what's uh, making me feel behind schedule on a regular basis? Like where are the hiccups? Where are the, like the speed bumps that I keep running into? Um, so yeah, so that's, so those are just some questions that you can kind of start to, to, to be processing uh, the rhythm. Yeah, through all of this, I literally am going back to your example of dancing, having just done this and there was a big ball at the school and like watching the kids and when they were confident of the steps and they knew them and they practiced them and they felt like this was second nature you could see them relax and enjoy and have fun but when you didn't know wait am I supposed to step this way I haven't done this before this really feels awkward I don't like this as I look at your list I think everyone needs to go dancing with their husband or their girlfriend this weekend, because <laughs> I think you're going to go, Oh wait, yeah, there are parts of this that feel very natural and familiar and comfortable and fun. And then there's parts that feel awkward and I just want to go sit down or I feel like my toes are being stepped on. So tell us a few, keep going with this. Tell us either some personal examples of this or how have you started to live out what this actually means practically in your life that you can share with us? Yeah. So a couple of just general examples, and then I'll, I want to share some things about specific seasons of my life that might help your listeners. Um, so creating a flow to your routines that supports your priority, your priorities, 
and your commitments. So I reached a point in my life where experiencing Sabbath as a true day of rest became a big priority for me. It was not something that I had always done. And so I needed to make some adjustments and I needed to do things like clear my calendar and, and just stop allowing things to be placed on my Sabbath day and communicate with the people in my life, in my business. And so now really anyone who knows me knows that they can call me, they can text me, they can Vox me, all of that, but I'm not going to respond on, on Sunday. And they know that. And I set that up. It's even on my outgoing voicemail. If you're calling on a Sunday or a Monday, I'm away from my office. And you wouldn't believe how many people actually say, I love that. They leave me a voicemail telling me how much they love that I put that out there and that I honor Sabbath. And I'm going to talk about Mondays a little bit later. So I do not commit to responding to anything or scheduling any appointments on Sundays or Mondays. Um, another thing that I did was I moved my housekeeper to Tuesday. I used to always have my housekeeper on Monday because I wanted to start the week off right and fresh. And I found that it was affecting my Sabbath day because you know how we have like all these things that we need to do to get the house ready to be cleaned. <laughs> to clean the house for the house cleaner. Guilty. Yeah. Yes. The whole family. It's all stressful. <laughs> yeah. And so I was either doing, I was doing it on Sunday because Monday mornings were becoming so stressful. And I was like frantically trying to get everything ready for the housekeeper. So I moved my housekeeper to, sun, uh, to Tuesday so that my Sundays could truly be Sabbath. And Another thing that I was kind of funny is I used to think that Mondays should be these specific kind of days. So like in our business, we have like IPAs, our income producing activities. And I just felt like in order for me to be truly committed and responsible, I, I don't even know where I got this in my head. Maybe I heard it somewhere. Maybe I made it up myself. And it was like, Mondays should look this way. I should be on the phone. I should be scheduling things. I should be having the housekeeper there. Like I need Monday should be the certain kind of day. And I dreaded Mondays. And really what was happening was I was not in that frame of mind and my house was kind of in disarray because I was doing all these other things. And so I spent most of Monday procrastinating what I thought I should be doing and then feeling really bad about myself. So by Monday night, I already felt like a failure for the week. It was crazy. I totally did this to myself. And so now Mondays are reserved for setting myself up for success. So Sunday is resting and Monday is my day for meal prep. And I make sure that I make enough for leftovers because I don't want to cook three meals a day, seven days a week. And so I love to make sure we have leftovers. I do laundry. I do the filing and tidying up in my office, um, just getting myself, my business, my house, everything set up for success. And I don't feel bad about letting that be a kind of a no contact day. For myself. So I don't schedule appointments. I don't do Zooms or anything like that. So that just worked for me. So it may not be Monday for you, but there might be a day of the week. Maybe for you, it's on Friday. I mean, it could be any day. Um, but that's just an example of acknowledging where the flow wasn't flowing <laughs> in my life um, and seeing some simple solutions to adjust that just by shifting the day and the expectations throughout the week. I was going to say that word expectation, or it was almost like it was self-imposed. Nobody ever said, and I say that in quotes, 
that on Monday you have to be beast mode and you have to like success begins on Monday. I've never heard that before. I have heard success begins on Sunday because really that's (laughs) where we get our spiritual, right? Our spiritual um, cup filled and we can take that rest if we want to. How interesting. I'm sitting here going, hmm, how guilty am I of that? Of you've got to hit the pavement hardcore on Monday or you're a loser. Right. I don't know. And it may be a different should that we're placing on ourselves on a different day that like a certain day should look this way. And so I think just releasing all of the the shoulds. And I've heard you say this actually for years, Callie, I've heard you talk about, um, are there things that I'm doing because it's just what I've always done? I remember hearing you say that you know, long before your podcast. And I think that we can just very easily fall into doing that without even realizing it. What an interesting analysis, I think, for all of us to take literally day by day. Yeah. What is my Monday? But how do I want my Monday to look? What is my Tuesday? But how can I shift things around? Can a Monday feel like a Friday? Can a Monday feel like a Saturday? Can a very neat way of looking at it, Reagan, and makes a lot of sense. And I imagine that for years and years and years, your Monday felt like that. This wasn't just, uh, oh, I had one Monday and I didn't like it. But the good news is at any point we can shift that rhythm. We can shift to a different dance or slow down the dance or whatever. Absolutely. And that's a big piece of it is just knowing that something might work for a while and then things in our life change. And so something that was working just may not be working anymore. And so um, so now I love Mondays. I love getting things organized and ready so that then the rest of the week when I'm in my office, I don't have stuff piled up everywhere. And, I, you know, and when the housekeeper comes on Tuesday, everything is it's ready. And um, and another kind of simple solution, as I like to call it, is to find a way to enjoy the things that maybe you haven't enjoyed before. And so, you know, accepting the fact that I don't run. I mean, unless I'm chasing an ice cream truck or (laughs) the police are chasing me, I'm not running. I don't like to run. Um, I don't like to do jumping, anything jumping. I have a bad neck and it gives me a headache all day if I do jumping jacks. But I love the elliptical machine. I love body pump classes and weight training. I love going for walks. And so like releasing, again, it's about the should. So I should be doing all these things. There are so many ways to get physical exercise. There are so many ways to eat vegetables. There are so many ways. I mean, even figuring out what is the water bottle that works for me? What really, when I have a certain kind, I love it. There are certain kinds of water bottles that I will drink tons of water out of. And then there are some that I just find it. I don't like that. I don't like it. And so I drink half of the water that I should. And so just releasing those things like donate it, get the thing that works for you. Um, Folding laundry. I don't love folding laundry. And so it's my chance to like watch that TV show that I really enjoy because I love TV. Um, And so finding a way to enjoy the things that maybe you you wouldn't normally otherwise and creating space in our days um being ahead of schedule that was a big thing that i learned early on too is how can i schedule things so that i'm always ahead of schedule 
And that was a big piece of it for me. Um, and, and I may be able to circle around. I know we're, you know, just for the sake of time, but I just want to help you to think about that. Like, what am I doing on Friday? Because it has to be done by Saturday, but I could actually just start doing that on, I have some time on Wednesdays. I could just do that on Wednesdays and then it's done and it's ready. So I love to create that space to be ahead of schedule and to be open to opportunities, you know, bumping into the neighbor and, and actually being able to stop and talk to them for five minutes because I'm not just always late. I'm, I'm a kinder person. I'm more patient with the woman at the cashier, you know, station or the, you know, the cash register or whatever. I'm just a nicer person when I'm not in a hurry and I'm not stressed. And I am able to give more grace and I'm able to make more authentic connections with people and embrace God opportunities because I'm ahead of schedule. And so that was a big, simple solution that is can absolutely change your life. And um, and another thing that I started to do on Mondays is I make a list of the ongoing projects, the things that are kind of piling up or bugging me and I started to actually carve out time. So on Mondays during my prep days, I can spend 30 minutes to an hour on a specific project, whether it's clearing out that junk drawer or doing the archive box for my kids that have been sitting under my desk forever. It's like, all right, I this these are the things that were starting to bug me. And so I looked at when would be a good time for me to designate guilt free to just kind of work on this, these random projects that pop up. And that was a big one for me too. And that's helped a lot. I'm, I'm like actually starting to work down that list. It's been really good. These are fantastic tips. I love when you said be ahead of schedule. Sometimes I'll say it, you know, what can I do today that my tomorrow self will thank mm-hmm. me for? Or what can I do today to make my tomorrow easier? But Reagan, I never really took it to the relational piece. Because if I'm not in such a hurry, then when the cashier's register isn't working and she's getting stressed out, I can look at her and say, it's fine. I'm not in a hurry. It's okay. What am I missing and who am I missing? Because I'm never taking the time and the intention to be ahead of schedule. I love exactly. that. When you're ahead of schedule, you're never in that rush or chaos. What a great rhythm to be in. Yes. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to share with you a few other tips of just when I had babies. These are the things. This is when I I was um, a sales director. Now I was, gosh, I've been a director since I was 24 and single. And then I became a mom at 32 and and then again at 35. So I was an entrepreneur, did a lot of things on my own, very independent. And then I had babies. And it was a whole other thing. And so uh, for the mamas out there that are listening who are maybe in that season, some things that really worked for us, Craig and I created our, our family weekly plan sheet. And it was really basically like our child care schedule. He and I both are self-employed. He's in real estate and has a property management company. So he's running two companies from home. I run, I run my business from home. And we had a, we did have some childcare, but we did not have full-time childcare. And even if we had, we both have the types of businesses where we wanted to be able to schedule appointments with clients, as well as just say yes to dinner with a friend. And so for us, a lifesaver was having our weekly plan sheet of literally 24-7 Whose day was it? I'm doing air quotes for those who are listening. It's your day. So my kids are now 10 and 13 and they will still say, whose day is it? Because 
if it's dad's day and you want something or if it's mom's day and you want something. So our kids grew up very um, comfortable with the idea that even though we were both home, it didn't necessarily mean we were both always available. Um, but there was always someone available. You know, they were not neglected in any way. And it was great, too, because we could make this, the appointments that we needed to make without having to constantly check in. And only if we needed to schedule something when it was our day to have the kids, then we could check in and say, hey, would you be able to watch them on, you know, on my night, whatever. So that just created a lot of a lot of less communication and negotiation and checking in and back and forth. That could be very stressful. Um, And also our kids grew up hearing us say, it's my night to tuck you in. Not, can you please do it? I gave them a bath yesterday. Like I've done it every day this week. Can you please do it? Our kids never heard us argue over who had to take care of them, who had to make dinner, who had to give a bath. If anything, they would come and, you know, my son might come in and say, mom, can you tuck me in? And we typically both tuck them in every night. But it was so great because Craig would say, it's my turn. They heard us like fighting over it. And so it just created such a a good, you know, habit for us. Another funny little bugs me list thing that drove me crazy is when my my first son was born. He he loves to party. And so as soon as he heard me get up in the kitchen or do anything, he would be up. He would be up for the day. So I could I had a really hard time trying to find a way to have time with the Lord in the morning, because once I got up, the dogs were up, the kids were up. It was really, really hard. And so a a tip that I've shared that so many people have enjoyed has been that I actually put a little coffee maker in my room. And I have, it's just an individual coffee cup, you know, that you could take to a hotel. This was before, before Keurig. You could probably have a Keurig. I don't um, even have that, but I just was able to wake up in the morning and make my coffee without leaving my room so that everybody could stay quiet. Simple solutions like that. That was like, I just, you know, hadn't thought of it. Um, folding the kids laundry and putting it away was really something that piled up. Craig and I both really hated doing it. I don't mind doing laundry, but folding it and putting it away was really stressful. So I started to pay my housekeeper a little bit more each week to fold their laundry and put it away. And I taught her how I wanted it folded, where it went. Each of the kids had their own basket. So I would wash it and separate it out, but she would fold it and put it away. Just some simple delegations And I'll share another thing that was kind of funny about having a housekeeper that made all the difference in the world. I told you about how I used to have her come on Monday and moving her to Tuesdays was really helpful. But for a long time, I had a hard time finding a housekeeper that I could rely on to show up. My housekeeper now is amazing. And she shows up on the day at the time, you know, that she's supposed to be there. But I was getting really frustrated because the housekeeper would come on Tuesday. So Tuesday morning, I would strip all of the beds in the house. I would start the laundry. And about two hours after she was supposed to be there, she would tell me she couldn't come that day or wasn't coming that day. And um, it was on my meeting night. And so now on the day that I would have appointments maybe that afternoon or I had my meeting night that night and now the housekeeper wasn't coming. and so. Um, And now I had three beds that I had to make, which I hate 
hate doing. So the simple solution was get an extra set of sheets for every bed. And the housekeeper, if we want her to change the sheets, we put the, uh, we put the new clean ones on the bed and she strips the bed, puts the dirty sheets in the laundry room and puts the clean sheets on. And it was such a simple thing to just buy an extra set of sheets for each bed. And, I, and then if she calls in sick or anything like that, it's fine. We just put the sheets back in the closet because I'm not going to do it. And what's crazy is these little tiny, little tiny shifts, Regan, that would take your whole day off course, right? You'd probably be frustrated all day. Your whole day is, you know, out of whack, upside down. And it's just something little saying, okay, there is a tiny solution to this, whether it is having someone fold the laundry, a coffee maker in your room, having your day. I love that too. Wouldn't it be great fighting over whose turn it is to do something with the kids instead of whose turn it isn't, right? Yes. A total paradigm shift. This is, this, this is just so great. Okay. I don't want to stop you. Keep going. <laughs> what okay, else do you so have Another thing that was great when my kids were little, and I actually came up with this before I had kids because I was helping one of my consultants who had three kids. We were trying to figure out how to free up more time for her because she had three kids, like all not even in school yet. And so we came up with this clever idea that she would have a play date at her house and she would have two or three other families drop their kids off because she loved that and she was good at it. And so I started doing this too, because my, I would rather have six kids running around like wild banshees at my house than need to entertain my two. And so I love when they entertain themselves. So we would let them each invite some friends over and we would have a big play day. And then in exchange, I would have two or three other moms that would take my kids on a different day. So I was getting like two or three for the return of one by pairing them up. And that would free, that was great. That gave me just that little bit of extra time each week that I needed. And you're absolutely right. There is, it's so much easier when there's more kids than just your, it's funny how that works. You would think it'd be the opposite, but it's really not. Um, I love this. Okay. These are great. And you even, like you said, you learned that before you even had kids. So if there's anybody listening and you don't have kids yet, I was 32 by the way, as well, when I had my first, um, Mm -hmm. This is great to be taking notes. File this away. This is gold. All right, Reagan. Keep going, girl. This is so So another simple solution that I came up with over the years was that when I hired a nanny, part of the interview process was letting her know that in our home, we're a team and that we all just kind of do whatever needs to be done. And I told her, you know, I'm not going to ask you to scrub the toilets or take out the garbage or anything like that. But I am just asking that you would be willing to be a team player. And while the kids are napping, which are, you know, are you willing to just check some things off of a list that I leave for you? Because especially when they're little, they're napping a lot and nannies expect to get paid a lot nowadays. And so I thought if I'm going to pay you that much, you can put labels on some products. You can tidy up the kitchen. You can do a little bit of meal prep for dinner that night. And so I just made sure that when I hired someone, whether it was in my office or as a nanny, that they understood just the idea that we're, it's a team. And that we have a lot of different things going on in this home. And some some people weren't. And that's okay, because then I knew it wasn't a good fit. Um, And let's see what else. Okay, I'm kind of looking at my notes. So another thing that was really helpful, uh, my son actually has done this for other moms, is getting a mommy's helper. All right, you can get a neighbor, 
a child who maybe isn't old enough to full on babysit yet. But if you just need to be able to go into the other room for, you know, a couple of hours a week or something like that, my son loved making $5 an hour. He was old enough to go into the room and just play with them and just give mom a chance to make dinner. That was all she needed was just a chance to breathe and and make some dinner or maybe make a couple of phone calls. And so getting a mommy's helper, you know, from the neighborhood is an idea. And one thing that I want to share with you, y'all, when my kids were little, at one point I sat down and I realized that um, it had been four or five years since I had been alone in my home. You guys, this was like an awakening because with my husband working from home, a nanny, an office assistant, a housekeeper, like everything was happening in our home. And I'm very extroverted. And most of my family is introverted. So I had more than enough alone time growing up. And I lived by myself, you know, after college and all of these things. And so it took me about four or five years to realize I had not been alone. Like even for an hour, for years, (laughs) years. Okay, that's my worst nightmare. I am an outgoing introvert. (laughs) My worst nightmare. Yeah. And I like for the first time in my life, I could understand all my introvert friends who needed that time because I was breaking down. I mean, I I was losing my mind and it took me a really long time to figure out why. And my husband goes golf every Friday. He goes golfing every single Friday um, unless, you know, I'm out of town and he he can't or or the weather's terrible. And I remember sobbing in our living room and is going, I need my golf. I need golf, but I don't like to golf and I don't know what to do. <laughs> and so now my catchphrase is find your golf. For me, I needed to. I needed my husband to take the kids out of the house. That was a big thing was just communicating to him. I don't care what you do and I don't care what you go where you go. But if just once a week you would just take them to McDonald's, like just so I can be alone just for a couple of hours a week. And then another one for me was I wanted to be able to socialize without children, not on a play date, not working, not wearing any of my hats, except for just Reagan, who's open to make friends. That was really important to me. So I started my own women in wine group in my neighborhood. And it was such a blessing. I made tons of friends. And I also was like that branched off to hundreds and hundreds of women in the group, different people hosting each time. So many friendships that came from it that I had nothing to do with. Um, And so it was a a solution to a need that I had that then blessed so many people to just create my own. And it wasn't, it wasn't mine. People would say, Oh, you're the one who created women in wine. I'm like, I got it started. It's not mine. You know, I, I just got it off the ground. It was not my group. It was a neighborhood group. And that and was, so said, it would have been, it would have been women in golf or women running or women jumping, but you don't like any of those things. So right. It's women in wine. It was. I love it. You know, yeah. Reagan, our very, my very first guest ever, Angie talked about the same thing. She said, if there is not a group that you can be part of, you start the group. Yes. And, and if I you do love to run. You can start a neighborhood run group. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Right. But yeah. this is perfect. 
It's so true. It's so true. And there are bunco clubs out there and all this. And I was like, I don't want to do, I just, I just want to eat food and, and drink wine and have conversation. That, that was all I wanted to do. And so that's what we did. And so that's a simple solution is figuring out what is the need that's not being met for you personally and, and just finding a way to fill it and just, and just keeping things as simple as you can. Now that my kids are older, um, as they, as they started to get old enough to clean up after themselves, we had a basket that was underneath our coffee table and every toy just went into that basket. And so at the end of the day, we cleaned up I th- when they were still home. It was like once in the afternoon. It was basically like before nap time and before bedtime. Everything went in the bin. And if anything that couldn't fit in the bin had to go into their room, we could only have as many toys out in the family room as would fit in that big basket under the coffee table. But it was easy enough that they were learning early on to clean up after themselves and that was important to me um, to teach them that and just for my own sanity and to create that rhythm in our day. And we can make all the mess and we can pull out all the things. And before nap and before bed, we're just going to tidy up after ourselves. And so that was really helpful. And then the last one that I'll share you share with you for now. Well, two more is. I want my kids to eat, you know, fruits and vegetables and my husband too. And if it's in the refrigerator, it doesn't get eaten. So I started making a veggie tray like you would take to a party. Just the cut up fruits and vegetables with ranch dip in the middle. I started making that on Mondays with my meal prep time. And as right when the kids were going to come home from school, I would put it out. So their snack and they would eat it. That was the amazing thing is when I put it out there, my husband ate it, my kids ate it. And so I'd leave it out for 30 minutes or so. And then I'd put the lid back on it and stick it back in the fridge. And I I would just refresh it as needed. But I have fruits and berries. But if all of those things were in the refrigerator, they would go bad. They would spoil. But man, putting it on that tray once a week and leaving it out, it, it was incredible. They, they actually ate it. So that was a, a simple solution that came from noticing a rhythm, noticing something that I wanted to shift and what would be the simplest way to do it. And then of course, as the kids are getting older, teaching them how to create their own weekly plan sheet, teaching them how to figure out what their priorities and their rhythms. My two boys are very different. So their rhythms are very different. And so helping them to discover what do they need to do to decompress when they get home from school? What do they need to do? Um, What's the best time for them to do their homework? Is it right when they get home or do they need a minute? Is it better to do it after dinner? Is it, you know, helping them kind of find those things and then creating an intentional rhythm to it that they can follow as we like to call our weekly plan sheet. Um, And so, yeah, so those are some things as they've gotten older. And then the last thing that I wanted to share with you. I was going to say, you're just fostering this for your family. And the byproduct is not only independent, functional, future adults that are going to be on their own, but the byproduct is also rhythm for you, Reagan. Yes. Because then there is no misunderstanding or lack of communication as to when this kid is going to do his homework or when this kid is going to go to practice or whatever that is too. Yeah. So the byproduct is better rhythm for you by teaching and coaching them on that. That's brilliant. Okay. And I have to admit, 
Yeah, no, I have to admit that the initial goal really was more selfish. It really was more about, I don't want to have to micromanage. I don't want to ask you, did you do your homework? When are you going to do your homework? Have you done it now? Like, I just, that's not my personality. I hate micromanaging and nagging people. And I felt, and so when I start to notice that I'm nagging about something or that my, anyone in my family and I have, are not crystal clear on that like expectation and rhythm and things like that, um, that it just serves us all so much better. Just like Craig and I coming up with a plan of childcare when we know when we're going to do it and everyone else in the family knows when we're going to do it, then we all just breathe easier. And so even knowing who feeds the dogs in the morning and who feeds them at night, and that has changed depending on the school schedule, the sports schedule that we, you know, we've had, we've like, Oh, you know, it used to be that Luke would always feed the dogs, but now TJ's the one who's actually getting up earlier. And so the dogs are driving everybody crazy because TJ's up and they, they want to get fed. So TJ, guess what? Now you're going to feed the dogs in the mornings. And so we just shift things as other areas of our life shift. Yeah. I like to say you're not, you're not fighting it. You're flowing with it. And that just makes total yes. sense. That's part of rhythm. That's really what it is. Yes. Okay. So as we wrap up, I know you had a special example in this season of your life with your mom. We, we started at the beginning of our podcast saying that our moms have been friends for many, many years. And I want you to share this one too, because I think this is really valuable and so special. And my mom is listening. So I know she's going to say, Callie, I want to do this too. Go ahead, Reagan. Tell us about your rhythm with your mom. Well, something that you shared that's so great is habit stacking. And so I was thinking about that um, and how there have been some priorities in my life and some things that I wanted to make a priority. And I really just wasn't sure how to do it. I had to kind of get creative and think outside the box. And so one of them was that my mom and I really very rarely had time together. And even when we did, it was always with the family. And I wanted to foster a relationship with my mom where we had quality time together. Um, I wanted to honor her through her love languages and, um, and my love languages. And so it took a while. It took, it took a few trial and errors. I tried getting pedicures with her and I didn't like her place and she didn't like my place. And, you know, we tried a few different things. Um, and so actually just a year ago, we started working out together. We, I found us a trainer that, um, we both absolutely love who does a phenomenal job of exercises that are, that are like the best thing for my mom and things for me. And we're doing it together. And, um, and then we started doing silver sneakers together. And so we do that on Mondays and we meet with the trainer on Thursdays and we're both getting stronger. We're both getting healthier. We're spending quality time together. Um, just she and I both have said, you know, just being able to, to know that we're going to see each other like every three or four days. We've never had that even. I mean, once I since I moved out, you know, for college, even working together for decades, we both are just have always been very busy. We have a lot of different things going on. And so that was such a beautiful and yet simple solution that has been so valuable. And another thing that I started to do is I really needed quality time with my teenager. And he is at his best in the morning. And, um, and so I started walking with him in the mornings before school. 
And I just felt like I needed that time with him where he was clear headed. He hadn't had the drama of the day, the exhaustion of the day, the hormones of the day, (laughs) all of those things. That was going to be the best way for me to have quality time with him that wasn't being controlled by the kind of everything else that had happened and all of the other equations. And so that's been another simple solution that has evolved as we're in a different season of life than we've ever been in before. Well, and it's just really special to think that all those years ago, as you started to say, okay, this is what, you know, it kind of goes back to what you said at the beginning. What is the vision that God has given me? What kind of life do I want to live? What are my priorities? What are my commitments? I'm singing your song back to you, Reagan, of what you said. Mm-hmm. And what do I have control over? And at first it was you know, being single and preparing for this life. And then with the littles where it's so crazy and chaotic and now being able to have time with your teenager. I know how that goes. Time with your mom. I know how that goes. Of course, time with your husband, time with your neighbors over a glass of wine or a bottle of wine. Um, but all of this did not come by accident. And it came from choosing to understand the rhythm, the season, and dancing your way through it. Yeah. Really beautiful. Really beautiful. Yeah, it's been so good. And I just, I want to encourage everyone that, you know, sometimes we need to ask God for heavenly solutions. Sometimes the solution isn't simple or it isn't apparent. Um, but God, if God is calling you to do something, there, there's a way, there's a solution. And so leaning into that, giving yourself time and knowing that you're not, you're not moving a jet ski. I think as women, we feel like we should be able to turn on a dime, but as women, we have so many different facets of our life. And so you're not turning a jet ski, you're turning a yacht. And so giving yourself that grace and that permission to understand that it might take some time, um, you know, like finding a different housekeeper that's available on the day that's going to work for you or giving her a chance to move some things around to come at the day that's going to work for you. Um, I used to, you know, if I worked out every morning at nine and then now my, and then my son's, you know, school schedule changed and I had to adjust that and I had to find a different class to go to be, you know, like as we have seasons, there are going to be shifts. And so reevaluating. And I realized that when my kids were babies, I had to really reevaluate every six weeks because the nap schedule changed. The eating schedule changed. The nanny quit. The child care closed because somebody got, you know, it was sick or, you know, whatever. Like it was constant. Now that my kids are older, it kind of changes based on the sport seasons, because depending on which sport they're in, it changes our entire family schedule. Um, And so I know you can relate to that, Callie. And so, you know, understanding that whatever you're creating, it's about a rhythm. It's not about this putting into cement what every single day is going to look like, because you will always have unexpected changes as well as seasonal changes and life season changes. And so just giving yourself that permission and taking it to the Lord and just praying through those questions that we asked at the beginning about what's working and what's not, and what is your rhythm and and not comparing yourself. You, your very best friend, or maybe even your spouse may live a rhythm of a cha-cha. And that was something that I had to learn is Craig's rhythm is not the same as my rhythm and to not get frustrated with him that, you know, 
he needed to lie down and watch some, you know, he needed to chill out and watch some football and that's okay because that's what he needed. So just cause I was up and running around and doing stuff, that was my choice. Um, so yeah, so those are just some things to remember to give yourself grace and the people in your life grace as you figure out what this rhythm is going to look like for you in the season that you're in. Amazing conversation. I have so many takeaways. I love what you said at the end. And just remember that um, you can seek heavenly solutions in all of it. You know, we are, we are brilliant women, we can figure out a lot of things. But at the end of the day, asking and seeking wisdom in it. Mm -hmm. That's really where we can find the clarity and the direction. If that's, if that's where our uh, faith is aligned. And I know that it is for many of us here today. So Reagan, I always ask my guests one last question because this is about making time for what matters for us. If I gave you the gift, here's my little gift to you of a bonus hour. So we just came off of leap year, right? So we had a bonus day, so to speak. But if, you, if I gave you a bonus hour, you didn't have to account for it in any other parts of your life. It was a free little 20, um, 60 minute. I guess I was going to say 24 hours. I'm giving you a day, but okay. I'll take the day. I'll take the day. Um, What would you do with that hour, Reagan? You know what I've learned? I'm an Enneagram too, which is like a whole other topic. But what I have learned actually is to ask God, what do I need right now? So it would depend on what the Lord told me, because sometimes it's rest. Sometimes it's time with him. Sometimes it's a call with a girlfriend. Sometimes it's snuggling up with one of my kids on the sofa to stop and ask myself, Lord, what do I need today from, from you or for you? So yeah, it changes. That's a great answer. That kind of is summing up everything that we talked about today, seeking him. And Regan, I am so looking forward to. I would spend an hour listening to your upcoming podcast. That's for sure. Um, so we're really delighted because you obviously have, um, you have a voice in which to share from, and now you have a platform in which to do that on a larger scale. You always have, and you've been a woman of influence and now you've got that too. And it's so aptly named, um, the blessed house. So if you caught that too, Reagan's last name is House. And it really is about a blessed life, about having that vision for things that are important. And you have blessed me. You've blessed our audience today. You've blessed us with practicality. You've blessed us with heavenward thinking. You've blessed us with your spirit and all the things that you've learned over the years that now you can just quickly just get us out there on the dance floor, my friend. So thank you for blessing us, Reagan House. Oh, thank you. Thank you so very much for having me. It was a real gift from you. Thank you. Same here. All right, friends. Well, thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. And we'll be with you next time. Thank you for joining me on the TikTok podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a five-star review. Your feedback fuels our mission to help you master your time. Set your alarm for our next episode. And until then, make every moment count.